This archival program of Design Matters with Debbie Millman was produced for Voice America Internet Radio. New programs with better audio quality are now being produced for Design Observer. You can subscribe in the iTunes Store or at the Observer Media Channel on Design Observer. Welcome to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the show that takes you inside the provocative and stimulating world of design and branding as it intersects with contemporary culture. Here's your host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. From ancient watering hole to Mormon fort, from whistle stop to mob run profit center, the dazzling city of Las Vegas has undergone an incredible transformation to become the fastest growing urban community in the country. And guess what, dear listeners? We are here. Yep, we are in LV Central, broadcasting live from the MGM Grand, where, as the late comedian Alan King once said, Las Vegas turns women into men and men into idiots. From its primitive beginnings as a dusty dirt road spot on the map along the highway to Los Angeles, Las Vegas, which actually comes from the Spanish term meaning the meadows because of the underground springs that gave birth to the area's lush green fields, has spent much of its subsequent use as an adult bacchanalia. This is a town of no clocks, no windows, no censorship, no rules, no boundaries, and nothing that can't be hawked. A neon oasis in the desert, this is Las Vegas. In its own surreal way, it can soothe, nourish, and reinvigorate the spirit. Whatever ails you floats away. Your civil, everyday life back home evaporates faster than a stack of chips at the roulette wheel. And believe me, I know that one. Las Vegas is all about high stakes, trashy glamour, over-the-top hustle, and flash as a means and an end. It's crowds of people in polyester pantsuits, big hair, deep pockets, and gold chains, staring at neon signs and spinning double diamonds like a deer caught in the headlights. Billions of dollars are at stake here, on the tables and in the theme parks. But you're given enough distractions to ignore it until you lose. And lose they do. There is no other place in the world where people are parted with so much of their money so legally. Although Las Vegas today seems devoid of any human activity prior to 1950, its roots are deeper than appearances suggest. In 1902, the land on which Las Vegas now stands was sold to a railroad company. The area that is now downtown was subdivided when the tracks came through, with 1,200 lots sold on May 15, 1905 alone, a date now celebrated as the city's birthday. As a railroad town, Las Vegas had machine shops and ice works and a good number of hotels, saloons, and gambling houses. The railroad laid off hundreds in the mid-20s, but one Depression-era development gave the city a new life. The huge Hoover Dam, then known as the Boulder Dam, project commenced in 1931, providing jobs in the short term and water and power for the city's long-term growth. In 1931, Nevada legalized gambling and simplified its divorce laws, paving the way for the first big casino on the Strip, El Rancho, which was built by Los Angeles developers and opened in 1941. The next wave of investors, also from out of town, were mobsters like Bugsy Siegel, who built the Flamingo in 1946 and set the tone for the new casinos, big and flashy, with glitzy entertainment laid on to attract high rollers. The dazzle that brought in the more lavish cast lashers also attracted the small spenders. Southern California provided a growing market for Las Vegas entertainment, and improvements in transit made it accessible to the rest of the country. 
Las Vegas is now one of the country's most popular tourist destinations. In recent years, Vegas has bent over backwards to remake itself into a family resort destination, building theme parks inside its hotels. Hotels have outdone each other with working volcanoes, million-gallon fish tanks, and miniature replicas of cities like Manhattan and Venice. Forget for a minute that the gondola is on the second floor of a casino. Today, Las Vegas boasts 19 of the world's 20 largest hotels, attracts 33 million visitors per year, 100,000 of whom get married here, and earns over $5 trillion in annual gaming revenue. A serious disruption to the city's well-honed reputation as a capital of low culture was the 2001 arrival of a Vegas branch of the Guggenheim Museum. It's moved in, but it won't have truly arrived until the names Picasso and Cezanne go up in flashy lights on the Strip. Las Vegas celebrates its 100th birthday, May 15th, 100 years of giving people whatever they long for, instant riches, naughty romances, quick weddings, unparalleled entertainment, incomparable dining and shopping, sun and fun in the middle of the driest spot in America. And for all its rags and riches, for all its broken promises and fallen heroes, Las Vegas has constantly reinvented itself, saved itself from extinction. Nowhere has the wrecking ball landed more powerful blows than in Las Vegas, where the old bastions of a bygone era constantly make way for sparkling new opportunities for hope and pleasure. And today, listeners, is a milestone for Design Matters as well. It is our 12th broadcast in our Season 1 finale. Over the last three months, we have talked about brands, about design, about culture, and one of the common denominators of all of these topics is experience. And what better place to talk about these topics than the ultimate branded experience, Las Vegas. And today, I have three marvelous guests on today's broadcast. Emmy-nominated set decorator, Susan Benjamin, brand expert, Jocelyn Dimsey, and, drumroll, Rossi Rollencotter, president and chief executive officer of the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. Let me tell you a little bit more about them. Rossi Rollencotter is the president and CEO for the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, a 32-year employee of the LVCVA. Mr. Rollencotter previously served as the authority's executive vice president and senior vice president of marketing. He's a 54-year resident of Las Vegas, and believe me, we're going to ask him about that, and is a member of the Las Vegas Ad Club, which included him, inducted him into the Las Vegas Advertising Hall of Fame for Lifetime Marketing Achievements. He's also received Lifetime Achievement Honors from the American Marketing Association, and most recently, the Travel and Tourism Research Association. He served as a Nevada delegate to the White House Conference on Travel and Tourism in 1995, and in 2004, Brand Week magazine selected Rossi as the Grand Marketer of the Year. Jocelyn Dimsey is the Senior Vice President at the Sterling Group, my alma mater, a brand consultancy. She has over 12 years of experience in brand strategy, marketing communications, brand design, and entertainment branding. She is relentless, and believe me, she is, in seeking out and engaging brands with design challenges or a need for insightful consumer research. And over the years, she has worked with such renowned brands as Unilever, SAP, Citigroup, Sotheby's, Sony, and the NBA. And last but certainly not least, Susan Benjamin has been a production designer and set decorator working in the film and television industry for 15 years. Some of her more recognizable credits include The Apprentice, with Donald Trump, a regular here in Vegas, Roswell, The Guardian, The Heidi Chronicles, Cell Block 4, with Chris Rock, 
at Cemetery 2 and The Stand, which was partially shot here in Vegas and for which she received an Emmy nomination. She has also decorated numerous television commercials and has recently parlayed her talents into interior design work for residential and commercial spaces. And dear listeners, if you happen to travel Northwest Airlines, you have probably seen her on E! Entertainment special on Hollywood Dream Jobs. Her segment is right after the voiceover artist and before the Playboy photographer. Welcome, my guests. Thank you for being here on Design Matters. Well, my first question... Hello. Hello. My first question is for Rossi. Of course, you need to tell us about the What Happens in Vegas ad campaign, one of the more entertaining and really ingenious campaigns to come out in quite a long time. How did you come up with the idea for it? Well, first of all, you know, Las Vegas is the the most exciting city in the world, and so we were working with with a recognized brand uh, to begin with. But up until about 1999, we had been doing uh, our destination marketing was centered on the, the product of Las Vegas, the new hotels, the theme properties, the restaurants and shopping and dining and all the amenities have been added and and we believe that uh for us to compete in the 21st century that we needed to go to a a branding campaign so we went out and did a tremendous amount of research with customers non customers um across the country uh to get their feeling of what was the Las Vegas brand what did Las Vegas really mean to them and fortunately for us because we we attract over 37 million visitors a year uh, it means so many things to so many different people, and um, um, you know we're exciting, and we're an escape, and we're we're naughty, and we're nice, and, and <laughs> we're a place to go in the sun. But when, when you when you look at all of those different responses, uh, it came down to adult freedom and in Las Vegas, adult well, freedom. Wonderful. Las Vegas is the place for for people to uh, to escape on the leisure side and and to uh, to go and, and have a great time and to do what they want to do uh, uh, when they want to do it. You can have breakfast at at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you can stay up 24 hours, you can go off your diet that, that you've been watching when you're at home. And that, and that, that excitement uh, and the fact that, that, that this product that has been developed, uh, the billions of dollars that have been invested by entrepreneurs and by uh, corporations results in, in what, what Las Vegas is. So, so we took that and, and uh, we started uh, with our, our advertising agency, R&R Partners, which is a Las Vegas agency, and, and started to formulate some, some branding concepts and to formulate uh, a, a program and, and uh, storyboards and so forth. And, and as we were doing that, we said, wait a minute, we have the stories right here. The customers have told us all of the, their, their, their different stories. And so we came up with, with this, you know, what happens here stays here. Uh-huh. Come and have a great time. And so, so when you see our commercials, our, our television co- commercials especially, it reflects stories that are, that our customers told us, and it's it's uh, real life experiences, and and it, for us, uh, it's been the most uh, widely accepted tourism campaign I believe in the history of, of travel and tourism marketing. Absolutely, I think it's right up there with the I Love New York campaign. Right. I think it's going to be remembered for a very and, very long time. Right, and we we have become part of, of pop culture, and, mm-hmm. and people are. I mean, the President of the United States uh, has used it. Uh, um, really, tell is, us about that. He tell was here for that. he was he was for here for an address during the campaign to the National Guard convention that was here and. Opened up with what happens here, Stacey. <laughs> Bush was on the Tonight Show and uh, referred to that, and you know uh, Jay Leno on on uh, uh, his program, uh, Billy Crystal with the uh, with the Oscars, and uh, there's uh, the play uh, that's that's on Broadway right now. Um, uh, they refer the Camelot play, the playoff on Camelot, and plays part of that. Camelot, what happens yeah. at Camelot? Station Camelot. So, so, and, and for a marketer, uh, for that to be socially accepted like that, it be kept becoming part of of uh, our culture is is a 
um, something that, that you really strive for. And we really do reflect the brand of Las Vegas, and that's what this campaign has. And our research uh, indicates uh, uh, it's still maintaining a strong recognition factor, and uh, we're in the third series of Las Vegas stories with what happens here stays here. Now, you said that you did research and you found that different thing, that, that Las Vegas means different things to different people. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What kinds of different things and what kinds of different people? Well, if you ask someone, um, you know, what, what does Las Vegas mean to you, you're going to get a variety of, uh, of responses. I always talk about, uh, you know, go into an elevator in another city and with three other people and say you're from Las Vegas, and someone's going to say, I just came back. The other person is going to say, I'm going to Las Vegas in three weeks. And the third person is going to say, I've never been there, but I always want to be there. It's the magic of what that is. And, and so when the responses were coming through, it's, it's a place to go escape. It's an adult Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you know, uh, there are no clocks. Um, um, uh, it's, it's all of that. It's, it's, excite, it's exciting. Uh, it's a little bit naughty. It's a little bit nice. It's, uh, uh, it's entertainment. And, and it's uh, now the responses are because we have world-class shopping and, and chefs from throughout the world here. It's, it's all about uh, that experience. It's, it's spas. It's golf. So, so when you have a product that, uh, uh, that you have to fill every single day, and we have 131,000 rooms that we fill every single day in Las Vegas, wow. actually 133,700 because Steve Wynn just opened his hotel. On yeah, I want to talk about that later on so, in the show. So when you have that number and you need to drive about 300,000 people every three and a half, four days, you need to have that, and we have a price point and a product for everyone. And so, so Las Vegas can, can people can experience it in, in their own way, and it it's really the magic of that and the excitement of, of who we are. Wonderful. Well, we're about to go for a break. I'd like to let our listeners know that this is Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my guests today are the Emmy-nominated set decorator Susan Benjamin, brand expert Jocelyn Jimsey, and Rossi Rollincotter, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. He is also the creative force behind the hit ad campaign, What Happens in Vegas. We'll be right back with our broadcast after these messages. Please don't go away. Fresh, dynamic, and totally prepared for continuing business education. Business Talk Radio. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Rob Wallace. My partners and I run one of the country's premier brand identity and packaging design consultancies, Wallace Church. And if you're like me, you've already become an avid fan of the program that you're listening to, Design Matters. And if you're like me, you want more. You want a deeper dive into some of the strategic and creative issues that have inspired design and affect consumer buying behavior. You want to engage the speakers on a one-to-one basis. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are in luck. Through the Institute of International Research, a three-day conference is being held in Manhattan's Grand Dom on April 18th through 20th. The conference name is Fuse, and its focus is on the synergy of brand strategy, design, and performance. It promises to be the year's most informative brand identity industry event. Debbie Millman of Design Matters will join Cheryl Swanson to host an elite group of brand identity thought leaders from the marketing, design, and consumer insights worlds. You'll hear from Mary Ann Pesch, the president of Gillette Company's personal care division, on the identity strategies that have shaped some of the most successful world brand launches. Design Matters guests Professor Grant McCracken will analyze the cultural trends that affect consumer interactions with brands. Stanley Hainsworth, global creative director of Starbucks, will be sharing the critical role that design played in the success of that brand phenom, and I will be moderating a panel of corporate design leaders from Nestle, Unilever Foods, Sharing Plow, 
and the retailer CVS, where you can directly engage them with your questions. This event is dedicated to delivering the most forward-thinking and inspirational, as well as real-world and actionable criteria into how you can optimize brand identity in your organization. It is simply not to be missed. For more information, call 888-670-8200. That's 888-670-8200. Or visit www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD for brand identity package design. Again, www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD. Mention Design Matters and receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. I look most forward to meeting you on April 18th at the Plaza here in New York City. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. Welcome back to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you would like to be a caller on the show, dial toll-free at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, that's 1-866-233-7861. And now, back to the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back. It is 12.20 Pacific Time, and you are listening to the Season 1 finale of Design Matters with Debbie Millman, live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am your host, Debbie Millman, and my guests today are the Emmy-nominated set decorator, Susan Benjamin, brand expert, Jocelyn Dimsey, and Rossi Rollincotter, the president and chief executive officer of the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. He is also the creative force behind the advertising campaign, What Happens in Vegas. If you'd like to join our conversation or if you have a question for any of us, please call one 866 233-7861, and we have a caller. We have Jennifer on the line from New Jersey. Welcome to Design Matters, Jennifer. Hi. Hi. I've got a question for Rossi. Okay. I was in Las Vegas a little while ago in a, in a taxi drive with a ta- in a taxi, and the driver was talking all about the uh, campaign, and he said that first of all he likened it to the uh, Campbell Soup Mm-mm Good, which is you know. Very old and well known, which I thought was really exciting. But he also said that he'd heard um, groups of bachelorette parties from Los Angeles saying that about ten years ago. So I was wondering how you came to uh, come up with that phrase, and, and basically that's it. How you came up with that? Yeah, as I said, we we, we have uh, the creative group over at uh, R&R Partners, and we were going through the the branding information, and uh, two of the creative people at the agency. Uh, Started playing around with uh, with slogans and with some taglines and so forth, and that's what they came up with. And is what, what happens here stays here. Now a lot of people have added what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. But when you see you know when you see our commercials, it, it's what happens here stays here. So it was just basically the collective uh, uh, expertise there, as well as looking at you know what our customers had told us, and then we just felt that it fit the campaign of stories and it fit Las Vegas. So was it something that they heard, you know, picked up as a popular popular culture? Not that, sort of not that I know of. Um, you know, again, we, we there, you know, uh, there's a lot of different uh, um, slogans that we had come up with and, and, and talked about, but uh, I'd never seen any, any, anywhere that anybody had ever used this for a campaign slogan. You know, it's really funny in our culture when something really hits us so deeply in our spirits. It, it seems as if it's something that has always been there. Um, it seems so natural and so effortless, and I think that the beauty of, of this campaign is that it, it's so natural 
that it feels like it's just been part of our vernacular for a very long time. Yeah, I was going to add to that, Debbie. It just seems like it's automatically been uh, incorporated as part of our lexicon. Yes. Well, you know, coming from... Sorry, but coming from the film background, obviously, I think of the Green Mile, and, you know, obviously you don't want to invoke that kind of <laughs> spirit, but <laughs> so it is a little different context. Yes. Um, well, thank you for calling, Jennifer. We have another caller on the line, also from New Jersey. I don't know what's happening in New Jersey today. Um, Stacy, you're on Design Matters. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you for calling. You have a question Hi. for one of our guests? I do. I have a call for Susan Benjamin. I am a huge fan of The Apprentice, and I just wanted to know what it was like to work for Donald Trump. Oh, well, <laughs> pretty much with Donald, what you see is what you get. Um, <laughs> Kelly Van Pat was the production designer, and she had a lot more to do with him than I did, but um, pretty much he is how he is on TV, and um, he knows what he wants. I'll say that about him. And... Um, you know, you you have to be pretty straightforward if you're going to work with the Donald. Rossi, have you had a lot of interaction with Mr. Trump here in Vegas? Uh, just, you know, have met him and been in, in some uh, social functions with him uh, over the years. And, uh, you know, he's been in, in and out of Las Vegas. In fact, he's building a, uh, a condominium complex uh, uh, right on the Strip, uh, which they're in the process of, of marketing and, and promoting right now. So uh, but he's been, he's been in, in and out of Las Vegas. Wonderful. That's exciting. We actually have another caller, uh, Mark from Las Vegas. Mark, welcome to Design Matters. Hi there, Debbie. Uh, Hi. This is Mark. I'm Hi. Where are you you're calling from, Vegas or from England? I'm actually in Vegas on vacation this weekend. Um, oh, how having a great, great time in Vegas. But I, I had a question for Rossi. Yes. Um, yes. I, I wondered, I mean, I was, it was interesting getting off the plane when I arrived here. Everyone's so excited and there's such a feeling of anticipation. Um, I wondered if anyone had surveyed people leaving Las Vegas to see what the what the mood is. Um, actually, you know, we we do um, uh, a lot of research information uh, both uh, in market, out of market, and we we uh, we do some exit interviews at uh, McCarran Airport, and and the excitement and all the things that people experience is, is as positive as as when they're they're in town. Just just the amount of of uh, media coverage uh, for the the wind property opening. Uh, but you can just feel the buzz. All you have to do is, you know, every once in a while I, I play tourists and I'll go out on the strip or I'll go downtown and you can just feel that buzz and excitement and it just permeates uh, the entire resort corridor. So people are, are just as excited. In fact, what they're talking about is when can I get back to Las Vegas? That's great. I just wondered if there was any kind of, you know, I've lost, lost my shirt and I'm not coming back. But. You, know, you, know, you, know what, you know what happens is that the brand does deliver on the promise that, that people... Right you know, experience what they have, and, and they have a great time, and, and uh, then they want to come back. It's probably well, the option, if nothing that's... else. Now, let me ask you a question, Rossi, about this whole idea of experience. I can't imagine that what makes Las Vegas Las Vegas is simply the gambling, because we also, I am uh, an East Coaster, Northeaster, and we have Atlantic City. Now, the two towns could not be more different. Atlantic City and Las Vegas. So I have to assume that what makes Las Vegas Las Vegas is not just the gambling. What is that specialness that occurs here? Why are people so excited when they're here? Why is it that what happens here, so to speak, stays here, can hit so deeply inside us and have that be so incredibly unique, this unique experience? What do you attribute that to? 
Uh, it's it's just the excitement. It's it's the combination of everything that's here. If, you, if you'd gone back, and I can do this because I was at the convention center in the 70s, is that we really were just a one-dimensional West Coast uh, gambling community. And when gambling was legalized in Atlantic City and we knew there was going to be more competition, the, the people who were involved with the community, the elected officials, the, the businessmen, the, the, the corporations, the, the gaming industry, decided that they really needed to look at what we had and, and how do you compete. And so the evolution of, of what's been added and in, in the, the type of entertainment, entertainment you can't see any place else in the world is in Las Vegas. Uh, the, the addition of the, the shopping experience, the, um, the, the special events that are here, the championship fights, the NASCAR race, it's, it's all of those things that have been added to make Las Vegas this great place to, to visit as well as to have a convention because we're, you know, we are, we just were, for the 11th straight year was the number one, uh, convention city in the United States for the trade show 200, the largest trade shows in, in America. So it's all of those things and we are the only town, the only community uh, that was designed, built, grew up, uh, evolved uh, to host people. Um, tourism is our number one industry. Um, uh, 25% of all the people and another 25% work directly, indirectly uh, for the industry itself. So we host people. That's what we do. We do it better than anybody else, and it's that, that atmosphere. But we're going through our 100th anniversary right now, the birthday, happy birthday, Las Vegas. Uh, and we looked at some of the pictures of the 50s and the 60s and of some of the people who were in, in our town. And, and in a smaller smaller level, you know, the, the entertainers of the world, the Humphrey Bogarts and the Yule Brenners and the Frank Sinatras and all of those people were here as well as major sports stars. Fast forward another 50 years, and all of those people are in Las Vegas again. It's the place to be. It's, it's, it's this most exciting city. The television programs, the movies, um, Dateline, Entertainment Tonight, all of those things, you know, it revolves around what's happening in Las Vegas. And so people want to be part of that excitement and be part of that, that enthusiasm that we have and, and the fact that you can just escape for three or four days and, and have a great time. So it's, it's, it, it is more than just the, the gambling. In fact, 54% or almost 54% of the revenue is non-gaming revenue in the hotel properties. So it's all of that experience combined. That's really interesting. So what is the order in terms of the revenue that is being made here? Is it shopping first and then gambling? Or? Uh, it's shopping and then it's the, the room revenue and then it's uh, uh, the dining and, and shopping experience are, are about the same. And then entertainment's all through there. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, it's still, you know, we are still the, the gaming mecca of the world. This is the greatest place in the world to gamble. And we still we have that. But, but so much more has been added. And, and just, you know, just while well, you're at the MGM, at, you know, the themed uh, MGM property and all the things that you, you can do there. And, and you, you know, you, it's all over Las Vegas. So if, of the different things that, that each one of the properties offers. Jocelyn, do you consider Las Vegas a brand? Absolutely. Tell us about that. I think it's a mega brand. It's like a brand that has all these individual experiential brands within it. It's um, this unbelievable place where people come to have all sorts of different branded experiences, whether it's the MGM or the Venetian or the Bellagio or Cirque du Soleil, but it's all encompassed under that promise, as Rossi mentioned, of what's going to happen in Vegas. So it is the ultimate in an experiential brand. Well, I'd like to come back uh, after our break to talk a little bit about experience and brands. I'd like to let our listeners know that this is Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my guests today are the Emmy-nominated set decorator Susan Benjamin, brand expert Jocelyn Dinsey from the Sterling Group, and Rossi Rollin-Cotter, President and Chief Executive Officer of the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, is also the creative force behind the hit ad campaign, What Happens in Vegas. 
We'll be right back with our love letter from Las Vegas after these messages. Please don't go away. You're listening to The Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. Good afternoon. I'm Pamela DeCesar of Brand Muse, and I'm excited to talk with you about the upcoming Brand Identity and Package Design Conference in April in New York City. I've been involved in this event for a number of years and love the yearly discussions that examine marketing, design, research, and production trends and get to the heart of the most pressing issues facing us in the industry today. Discover the reality of design in corporate America and the paradox of packaging. Design gurus Bruce Mao and John Maida, along with brand leaders from Gillette, General Mills, and MTV, will go in-depth into the most pressing issues we face and will deliver cutting-edge ideas that demonstrate brand growth and bottom-line impact through innovative strategy and design. Highlights this year include a dynamic multi-speaker symposium focused on capturing the global market, more speakers and sessions than ever before, Two new interactive workshops on making better color choices and breaking out of the box to achieve packaging innovation. A panel discussion on how two functions, creative and research, can work together effectively. Plus a cocktail party to connect and network with colleagues and friends. For more information, call 888-670-8200 or visit www.iirusa.com backslash BIPD or email register at IIRUSA.com. Mention that you heard about the event from Design Matters and receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. So rise to the challenge. Consider this conference an investment in your brand's future. Clear your calendar and prepare to walk away with inspiration, insight, and creative new ideas to implement when you return to the office. So see you in the Big Apple at the Plaza, April 18th through the 20th. Achieve total wealth management. Listen to three-dimensional wealth with Roy Diefendorf every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern on Business America Radio. Three-dimensional wealth is a show dedicated to teaching you a values-based approach to comprehensive total wealth management through practical strategies and expert advice. Take your first step down the road of financial independence. Listen to three-dimensional wealth with Roy Diefendorf Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 Eastern, here on the bottom line in business talk, businessamericaradio.com. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On Managing Technology the Right Way, we'll talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its associated risks. Heard every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Sun Jogal, the host of Managing Technology the Right Way, will interview business leaders and other experts that have shaped the way we use technology. If you want to keep up with the changing world of technology, listen to Managing Technology the Right Way with Sun Joe Gall every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on BusinessAmericaRadio.com. Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business. We're back with Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you have a question for Debbie, feel free to call us at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, here's the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada, you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, the only radio show on the air focusing on issues relating to graphic design, branding, and culture. 
This is our season one finale. I am Debbie Millman, your host, and my guests today on our Love Letter to Las Vegas are the Emmy-nominated set decorator, Susan Benjamin, brand expert, Jocelyn Dimsey from the Sterling Group, and Rossi Rollincotter, President and Chief Executive Officer of the LVCVA. He's also the creative force behind the hit ad campaign, What Happens in Vegas. So during the break, listeners, we were uh, talking amongst ourselves, and Jocelyn had a really wonderful question that I thought she should ask Rossi on the air. So, Jocelyn, please take over. Sure. Rossi, you had mentioned before uh, when you were talking about Vegas that it's historically a place where celebrities and sports stars have, have come to visit. And I just wanted to know your perspective on sort of what you think Las Vegas can do for celebrity brands. Well, you know, on any given night, uh, the, the entertainment offering that we have is, is is such that you know there's something for everyone, and so that that creates excitement in, in, unto itself. And then entertainers and sports people want to experience that. They can be in Las Vegas and, and be part of the of the excitement and the, and the experience we have here. Uh, and then you have the um, uh, the fact that you know the club scene now is, is bigger in Las Vegas than it ever has been. So just a lot of of uh, of things for for entertainers especially and as well as sports stars to participate in. Then there's then there's the aspect of uh, movies being shot here and, and, and commercials and television programs, the CSI and all of that. So so that 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 adds to it. But you look at some of the individual hotel properties. They they also have relationships with uh, not only the entertainers that are that are performing in their their particular hotel, but also. Uh, you know, as, as, as spokespeople for, for some of the properties as well as just, you know, their favorite place to go. So it just kind of goes hand in hand when, when you talk about our, our community, our city, it, it's entertainment is, is a very important part of that. Sue, um, there have been so, so many movies shot here, Leaving Las Vegas, Casino, The Cooler, Heart Aid, and so on. Why, from your perspective, as somebody that's been working in the movies for as long as you have, do people love movies featuring Las Vegas so much? Well, I think that... Las Vegas is the ultimate experience. I mean, you go to a movie and you can sit in the dark for two hours and have a fantasy life, and then you can come to Las Vegas and actually live the fantasy. So, you know, if you can shoot a movie in Las Vegas, then you kind of have the ultimate fantasy all married together. You're experiencing <laughs> it, and you're kind of bringing, uh, yeah, when I was in Vegas, it was kind of like that, too. And, you know, it brings back your, your experiences that you had when you came. Now you you created you've created movie sets all over the country. Um, you've created some of the sets for the Stephen King movie The Stand, which was shot here in Vegas. What was that like? Um, that was actually a lot of fun. But we were also in Utah for six months before we came to Las Vegas, so uh, we were kind of like kids in a candy store by the time we got here. Um, but we shot downtown on Fremont Street before they covered it, and um, it was hot. <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun, but it was also very taxing. It's um it's wonderful working here because it is a service oriented economy. So the people that are here are very easy to work with. They want to help. They're really wonderful. Um, but at the same time, you know, it was a little bit difficult not to go go uh into the casino, so you're constantly you know, chasing after your crew, going, where are you all? Right. So, yeah. What is the biggest difference between designing a space in a location versus on a set? Obviously, you're not going to be able to create the same ambiance and, and spirit that exists in Vegas on a set. So how are you able to um, work in that realm? Um, well, you know, basically when you're working on a stage, you have a controlled environment, and that's kind of nice because you can control every little aspect of it, and it's an easier way to work. But at the same time, it's much more exciting to be out on a location because there's 
an ambience that no matter how hard you try, you're just really not going to be able to get on a set. Um, it was difficult to work in the sun in June in downtown Las Vegas, but at the same time, the difficulty and the heat and everything kind of contributed to the climax in the scene of what yeah. we were, you know, what we were doing. So you gain something and you lose something in each venue. Rosie, do you have a favorite film that's been shot here? Oh, it's either Las Vegas because I'm a, <laughs> I've always been a big Elvis fan. So to me, it, it kind of captures uh, when I was in in uh, in high school here in Las Vegas, as well as you know being an Elvis and Market uh, fan too. Right. So uh, I've always liked either Las Vegas and the song. Mm-hmm. I like Honeymoon in Vegas myself. I just that that the visual of all the Elvises jumping out of the airplane is something that, that great image, really yeah. charms my heart. Um, we have a caller, Renee from Philadelphia. Welcome to Design Matters. Hi, I have a question for Sue. Um, when I was in Vegas, it reminded me a lot of Disney World, where you weren't sure what was supposed to be a real building or what was just a part of a fantasy or a facade. And I'm wondering if that's sort of deliberate here, the way things are built and designed, or if um, it's just a coincidence of you know low budgets and nicer weather. And it doesn't have to be built so uh, so you know rigid. I missed part of what you said first. The um, I, I didn't I didn't get the first part of your question. Renee, can you please repeat the question for us? Sure. Um, when I when I first came to Vegas, it reminded me a lot of Disney World, and that some of the buildings look more like facades, or they look phony or magical. And I'm wondering if that's deliberate. Well, absolutely. I um I think it's a little bit of both. You know, um, I think part of the experience is well, you want to make it feel like you're going into the Venetian, so you can actually feel like you're going to. Uh, you're going to Italy, but you don't have to go through the trouble of learning the language. You know, you can kind of have your nice little fantasy here, and it's just enough to give you the feeling of being in Italy without actually feeling it like you're in a foreign place. So um, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Lucky, what right. do you think? Well, you know, the nice thing is that, that you don't have to go to all those other cities in the world. You just come to Las Vegas and experience them all here. You can go to Rome, Venice. New York. So, but it, but it's part of that. It is. It's the fantasy, the escape. It's the the themes that that, that permeate the different properties, and so uh, it allows people to 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 see the Eiffel Tower in Las Vegas. Well, that's really uh, interesting so. that you say that about experience. I mean, I think experience is a very big word in branding right now. The Starbucks experience, the Apple experience. Brand consultants like Marco Bay would say we are living in an experience economy. I actually think it's a step further now, and I think it really plays very strongly into what you just said about going to these places, about really going to these places. And I think we're now living in an escape economy. And I think that's part of the sort of isolation that we feel when we're living in our own private little iPod worlds, when we're just essentially experiencing our reality as individuals in isolation. Um, and, and I think that there's something inherently empowering about that, and I also think that there's something inherently sort of sad about that in terms of where we're going as a culture. Um, I, I'm really interested in why Las Vegas has become a brand and how it's continuing to evolve as a brand. You know, one of the things that really fascinates me, and, and, and being now in, in Vegas for nearly 24 hours, I'm struck by the way that I see people gambling, and I and I watch them, and you know, I participate as well. Um, but I wonder what the need is to be able to um, want to, in that sort of instant, transform your future or transform your destiny. 
What is it about gambling that strikes people so deeply, Rossi? Well, it's the excitement. Uh, there's an element of excitement and in, in, in fun uh, in gambling. I mean, the other thing, too, is it's 48 out of 50 states in America have some form of legalized gaming. So in the last 30 years, uh, uh, the, the, the gaming uh, product has evolved um, throughout um, almost all of America. So, uh, but it, but it is it's a, you know it's part of that escape. But it, but there's a, a you go into any casino there's a, there's an element of excitement. You can feel it in the in the air and so forth. And so it, it's exciting and, and it's a form of entertainment. Um, and and people are are uh, um, uh, drawn to that. Um, and it, it takes its form in different different parts of the country in different ways. But it's you know it's just a, no you know you go to the racetrack and you bet on horses. The excitement of all that. So it's it's that anticipation of, of of winning, possibly winning. So it's 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 that element, but it's it's a, it's part of that uh, experience of, of of escape, and it's part of the experience of entertainment. Well, yeah, I find it. I find that it's it's a really interesting dichotomy between that escape and that entertainment, between what is pessimistic and what is optimistic. I think, in some ways, gambling um, or gaming, as you put it, is is a very optimistic act in that you're actually hoping that something wonderful is about to happen. And I think, you know, I'm not sure if it's the payoff that is what we're waiting for or the idea that something really positive could happen in the next instant. You know, what keeps people sitting at the slot machine, mm-hmm. spin after spin after spin after spin, hoping that something positive is going to happen? Is and it the I idea? I'm sorry. Right, and all of us want to be a winner, and you have the chance to be a winner uh, with that experience. And the other thing is it's kind of, you look at the history of, of America, I mean, um, um, part of the, the funds that were raised for the Continental Army was done through a lottery. So you know it's been part of part of the the the, the history of uh, of America, but it's it's that excitement and the, the the chance to win, and it's 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 being part of that. Right. I, I almost think it's the chance to win that, and I, I can certainly be wrong about this, but I'd love to to know your your thoughts. It's the chance to win versus the actual winning, because once somebody wins, most of the time they don't walk away. They just want to keep winning. So I'm wondering, is it the win itself, or is it what happens after you win that keeps people continuing forward? It's probably a combination of both. Yeah. It's probably a combination of both, sure. Or the risk that heightens your senses in, in the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say the element of danger, too. Yeah. Like, you really shouldn't be throwing your money away, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, and that keeps perpetuating it. Well, we'll continue this uh, after we come back from our break. I'd like to let our listeners know that this is Design Matters with Debbie Millman on Voice America Business. I am Debbie Millman, and my guests today are Susan Benjamin, Jocelyn Dimsey, and Rossi Rollencotter. We will be back with our broadcast after these messages. Please don't go away. More and more people are starting their day with informative, focused business talk. Top experts. Today's business issues. Voice America Business at voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is Cheryl Swanson from Tonic. I'm going to be chairing the upcoming brand identity and package design event April 18th through 20th at the Plaza Hotel with Debbie Millman. Debbie and I have been co-chairing this event together for many years, and this year will be the biggest event of its history. We love this conference because it integrates marketing, design, research, and production issues. You'll learn from more than 45 design and marketing leaders about paths to success and pitfalls to avoid. Join Gillette, MTV, Starbucks, 
General Mills, P&G Beauty, Dell, The Clorox Company, Master Foods, Estee Lauder, Dial, Microsoft, Hallmark Cards, Unilever, CVS, Nestle, Coors, and Texas Instruments at the event of the year. Go in-depth on the topics most important to you. Enjoy candid conversations, catch up with old friends, and meet new colleagues at the plaza. Gain usable insights from thought leaders like Marianne Pesch, President of Personal Care at Gillette, John Maida from MIT, Stanley Hainsworth, Global Creative Director at Starbucks, Bruce Mao, Stefan Sagmeister, and lots of other visionaries. For more information, call 1-888-670-8200 or visit www.iirusa.com backslash B-I-P-D, or email register at IIRUSA.com. Mention Design Matters, and you'll receive a $200 discount off the standard fee. Looking forward to seeing you April 18th at the Plaza in New York City. Are you looking for a unique perspective on today's market from an experienced economist? Well, look no further. Listen to The Economic Contrarian with host Mike Norman every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Business America Radio. Mike and his guests will discuss new trends in the marketplace as well as emerging companies and opportunities. So if you want in-depth analysis from a contrarian point of view, don't miss The Economic Contrarian Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time right here on BusinessAmericaRadio.com. The truth is that most Americans are truly misinformed about health-related issues. Do you know what your doctor is really charging you for? For the truth on what's really going on, tune into Life Lessons with Dr. Lawrence James Jr. every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Dr. Lawrence James Jr. will discuss everyday social and political issues that affect you. So won't you please join Dr. Lawrence James Jr. for Life Lessons every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. Win with effective marketing. Win with proper positioning and branding. Win with Dick McDonald on his show, Win Win Marketing, for buyers and sellers every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, we will discuss the challenges and common mistakes made in today's industry while providing you insight on what you can do to avoid these pitfalls. Get ahead with effective marketing in today's world. Listen to Win Win Marketing for sellers and buyers with Dick McDonald. Heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on the bottom line of business, businessamericaradio.com. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Welcome back to Design Matters with Debbie Millman. If you would like to be a caller on the show, dial toll-free at 1-866-233-7861. Once again, that's 1-866-233-7861. And now back to the host of Design Matters, Debbie Millman. Welcome back, dear listeners. We are broadcasting live from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada, and you are listening to Design Matters with Debbie Millman, and I have three marvelous guests on the show with me today, Rossi Rollincotter, I have Susan Benjamin, and we have Jocelyn Dimsey, and we're talking about Las Vegas, we're talking about gaming, we're talking about brands, and Susan is hoping that we're going to start talking a little bit more about design. (laughs) Um, While we were on the break, uh, Jocelyn was once again probing Rossi with questions about the future of Vegas and brands in Vegas, so once again, Jocelyn, I'm going to throw the mic over to you to ask Rossi those questions. Um, well, I think we're seeing sort of in the whole realm of branding and certainly advertising that, um, you know, brands are having a harder time really making a mark and, 
getting their experience out there. So they're turning to sort of environments or these really big experiences to to build their brands. Um, what kinds of things are you seeing being pitched or proposed to come to Vegas uh, in terms of product brands or celebrity brands? Well, first of all, we are, we're developing gaming brands here too. Just the merger of MGM and, and Mandalay, and you've got the the Harris brand and so forth. So the gaming industry is doing that. But what, what's happening is that as these hotels uh, expand or we get new new hotel properties, national brands uh, that that provide different experiences for people see the the advantages of being in Las Vegas. They, they, it's a winning combination when you put brand Las Vegas with a particular brand. So uh, on both sides, both the, the the developers of the hotel properties as well as the the brands in America see that opportunity. Over 37 and a half million people come here each year, soon to be 43 million in another five years. So you you have that opportunity to get your brand out in front of of these visitors, uh, and um, and and combine it with the excitement of of what we are. So. Um, all different types of, you know, when you look at restaurant brands that are here and then, then the, the shopping experience and the, the different uh, domestic brands, international brands there. So I think it's that opportunity to, to have that type of exposure. Well, I was, there's some interesting things that I've seen happening in other places, and I'm wondering if they're, they're coming to Vegas since this is such a, a natural spot to do it. For example, Camper, the shoe brand, has opened a hotel in Barcelona as a way, you know, to create the experience of their product. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the hotel has nothing to do with shoes, but um, it's really just about tapping into what those shoes mean, the essence of that brand through a hotel. Bulgari's done the same thing in Milan. Mm-hmm. And now Nike's creating these sort of pop-up stores in Vancouver where they don't even sell shoes. They just create an experience for runners. So that kind of um, sort of... Entertainment, entertainment, environmental branding. Do you see that happening mm-hmm. more and more here? Well, with the Wynn property that just opened up, there's a Ferrari Maserati car dealership uh, wow. in the hotel. So uh, we are seeing that. You know, the the opportunity for uh, a lot of the uh, the electronic uh, uh, products to be um, uh, either showcased here or to uh, to be within a hotel property. So I think it's as much the exposure of a product uh, to the consumer as well as being part of of what the Las Vegas experience is. The one difference that we have when you look at hotel uh, developments and so forth, it's, it's a different marketing set when you, when you add a casino element to it. So uh, for a, an independent brand just to say, gee, we're going to open up a hotel in Las Vegas, they have to, to, have to analyze to see if, if, if they're, they're prepared for being part of the, the, the gambling industry in mm-hmm. addition to that. So, but, but, yeah, I mean, Caesars Palace is going to be having a, uh, uh, an auto dealership at, at their property, so we're seeing some of that happening too. Well, we don't another... you feel like there's a little bit of danger um, that maybe you're going to be losing the Vegas experience if you're going to be bringing in all these brand experiences? I mean, I kind of see that throughout America, and it seems like you can go into any city in America now, and you will have the same Starbucks, you will have the same Barnes and Noble, and you're starting to. I, I can see a little bit of a danger in bringing in too much of the so-called brand experience. It's almost as if you want to tell everybody what kind of experience they're going to be having, as opposed to letting them come to Las Vegas and creating their own fantasy and their own experience. Well, you know, in that sort of, there is a there is a fine line between those two. Although people um, are expecting to see some of their brands when they go to to visit someplace or they take a trip or or a convention. On the other side, we are so unique in the types of 
of resort properties that we have that 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 is really the driving force there and and so but there has to be a good you know there has to be a balance between the brand and and, and what Las Vegas has to offer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that Sue brings up a really excellent point. I mean, this is my third or fourth visit to Las Vegas, but this is the first time that I ever saw a Starbucks in the lobby of a casino. Right. And I am a huge Starbucks aficionado, as I am a Vegas aficionado, and I was absolutely staggered when I saw that. It just felt like they should not really be combining the two brands in that way. It felt very inauthentic to me. And the Starbucks experience is a fundamentally different emotional experience than the Las Vegas experience, and somehow having them merge together in that way, despite the disclaimer sign in the front of the register, which is that the Starbucks is owned by MGM and not by Starbucks, and if you have any questions to call this 1-800 number, it felt for me a complete and utter disconnect. It's interesting you say that, though, Debbie, because I I noticed this morning when getting my Starbucks that um, it was missing sort of the part of the Starbucks experience that makes those, those retail environments so unique, the right. chairs, the the place to hang out. It was just really a stand. So I guess they've altered sort of the Starbucks to suit what happens here. People want their coffee to keep them at those slot machines, <laughs> you know, just get the fix and go. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, you always have to be careful about how much you're going to dilute the brand with other brands in that experience. I think Las Vegas as a whole is one brand experience. Once you then segment that into, well, now I'm going to have my Starbucks slash Las Vegas experience, (laughs) you then begin to dilute the impact of the brand. Um, But now it is time, as, as the show is coming to its close, for one of our show's weekly features, the Pop Culture Quiz, and this is the part of the broadcast where I ask my guests some questions about things that are going on right now, off-the-cuff topics that I'm just curious about or thinking about or obsessing over. So I'm going to ask the questions, and then, uh, Rossi, if you'd like to answer first, and then Jocelyn, and then Sue. First question, what's your game in Las Vegas? My game in Las Vegas, I would say that I like the roulette, and I like the, uh, I like blackjack. Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like the tables where you can actually see people. Lassie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Are you a big gaming man here? Um, well, you know, I, you were around it and involved with it. Probably video poker. Probably uh-huh. the, the game of, uh, of choice. That's a really popular game now. I mean, yeah. it's really grown in enormous popularity. Right. It has. And, you know, it gives you an opportunity. To make, you, you're making decisions as to, you know, what to keep and what to, what to throw away. So it's video poker. And uh, what about the renaissance in poker overall? I mean, are you seeing a lot more poker players coming to Vegas? Oh, most definitely. In fact, it, it really has become, uh, again, here's something else that, that culturally across the country, but the, the poker boom, television, poker on television, I would never have thought that that would have been something that would have attracted the type of, of audience, but we're seeing a, a lot of interest there. You're seeing not only uh, casinos uh, expanding their, uh, their their poker areas, but some of them that didn't have that adding it. So it's a, it's a real phenomenon. Actually, and whoever would have thought we'd see the day where a woman would win the poker championship, Annie Duke. Go, Annie. And there's a woman actually in New York City now that has uh, actually created a company teaching executive women how to play poker. I think poker is the new golf. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> your game? Um, well, this is my first trip to Vegas, and I haven't made it uh, to any of the gaming tables, so I'll have to answer that question later today. But okay. so far, it's people watching. Okay. Um, what defines a man, his drink or his drive? Rossi, you first. Um, I think his drive. I think the automobile that you drive, I think that that's the thing that, uh, that kind of gives you your brand, so to speak. Okay, Sue? Uh, 
I'd have to say living in Los Angeles, you drive. And Jocelyn? Well, I'm a New Yorker, so we take taxis, so I'd <laughs> you drink. <laughs> okay. Um, who would be your ideal entertainer to perform in Sin City? Rossi? Frank Sinatra. Oh, that's a nice one. Jocelyn? Well, we talked about him earlier, but, you know, if uh, he could come back, Elvis, I think. Sue? So? Well, I already saw Tom Jones in oh. Vegas, and that's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, tell us one little known fact about yourself. Rossi, you first. Known fact or unknown fact? Un, uh, one little known, so it would oh. be either, but just not too many people know it. Uh, let's see. Uh, when I was in uh, college, I cut a record. Really? Not a lot of people know that. So. Uh, and uh, what kind of record is that? It was just, uh, uh, at that time, folk music was big, so I did uh, cut a folk, folk song and um, just I have it in my house, and my mother has one, and so do my aunts and uncles. So. Well, next time you come on the show, you're going to have to play it for us. Okay. <laughs> Jocelyn, what about you? Little known fact about yourself. Um, I'm a huge flea market shopper. Ah, okay. So what about you? A little known fact. Hmm. Is this, you know, PG this show? I know. You can say whatever you want. The show is actually non-rated. We can know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what happens on Design Matters stays on Design Matters. <laughs> I don't know if my mother is listening in or not, you know, but, um, hmm. Go for the well, go. Uh, going for the go-go. I have a big drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, we've come to the end of our first season at Design Matters. What a run. I'd like to thank the wonderful guests who have joined me today, Susan Benjamin, Jocelyn Dimsey, and a very special thanks to Rossi Rollincotter, the President and Chief Executive Officer of the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. I'd also like to thank the kind and patient people at Voice America Business, Denise Dion, Chris Hillier, Lori Call, and my wonderful executive producer who's here with me in the studio today, Brian Travis. I'd also like to thank my producer, Lisa Grant, and I would like to say that we will be back in June for Season 2. Thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful month. Bye now. Voice America Business would like to thank you for tuning in for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Be sure to listen every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for another exciting hour of Design Matters. Right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business.